Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. It is so great to be here with you all this morning. It's a little bit chilly here in Florida, but I know it's a lot colder and snowier in a lot of other parts of the world. And um, I'm glad I'm here. And it's just a, a beautiful day no matter what. It's all in our outlook in life, isn't it? And today I have a wonderful guest with you. But I think I say that every week because I just love my guests. They are so full of amazing perspective shifting thoughts and questions that we all need to be asking ourselves based on the, their expertise to help us become better people, better business people, better people in life, and help others around us. And my guest today is no different. She, Her name is Lisa M. Cini. She's a founder, president, and CEO of Mosaic Design Studio. She was supposed to be on the show on October 3rd, two days after my mom died. And as you all know, I had to take a bit of a break for a while there before I could do a show again. And obviously, two days after mom died, it was going to be hard. And her topic was just going to be even harder for me. She is a global senior living design project management and procurement company. She improves quality of life by design. She wrote an amazing book called Hive, The Simple Guide to Multigenerational Living. She is one of those people that you need to know now before you have a situation where an elderly parent, family member, friend is beginning to go through changes so that you can best help them. And I'm so glad to have Lisa finally on the show. Lisa, welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. You know, it's it's all timing, right? It, it certainly is. And I was a little concerned about going to read your book since everything's still so fresh in, in my mind. And, you know, I needed to read everything through again to make sure it was impregnated in in my brain but your book really it helped and and here's how it helped me lisa and the book for everybody again is called high of the simple guide to multi-generational living it made me realize i did the best i could i did a lot of the right things exactly and you know no it's not going to be perfect i mean i think that everybody thinks that it's supposed to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect i don't care if it's the best healthcare situation in the world or you're trying to do something at home it's never going to be perfect you just do the best that you can yeah and you know like you always go oh i could have done this better i could have done that better and it's like all right i'm reading a book from somebody who has devoted a good portion of her life to making life better for those dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia or just aging in place. And I went, okay, yeah, I, I, okay, I could have done that, but I didn't, but that's okay. I did all these other things and, and that's really, really beautiful. So thank you for the book from that aspect for me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, for me, when I wrote it, um, one of the things was just that was, if you could help someone and maybe it's even just come to terms with the death of a loved one, um, then that's a good thing. Now, a a couple of weeks ago, I had my priest from Connecticut on the show, Father Michael Boccaccio. He's just one of those people that you just love talking to. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we were talking about callings that, you know, callings aren't just callings to a religious life. Callings are, are many different kinds of things. He said, you know, Laura, your calling is radio host and an author and, and a number of other things that I do. And he said, you have to learn to listen to know where you're being called. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the work you do is a calling? And if so, how how did you hear that call and move forward with it? I think I think he's spot on. Um, I think sometimes you hear the calling, at least I did, and you don't want to answer that calling. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to be a big, fancy interior designer. Um, and senior living was not big, fancy interior design. You know, I'm not going to be on the cover of Architectural Digest or flying off to Paris. Um, but it kept on coming back to me, and I think you start to be magnetic to the situation that you're called to do. And you get more and more opportunities in those. And it's it's been when I finally realized that I was much happier being able to impact someone's life than uh, my own. I think that's when I finally settled into my calling. How long have you been doing this kind of work? Uh, Oh, gosh, uh, almost 30 years. That's a long time because you certainly don't seem old enough to have been doing this work for 30 years. I got a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old, so yeah, uh, and I, I have uh, longevity in my family, so uh, my grandmother's 96, and my other set of grandparents lived to 99 and 100, so uh, yeah, I, I certainly don't, uh, I look at my age um, of going to be 50 this year, and I think, gosh, I'm not my mom when she was 50. She was old, you know? Right. <laughs> You know, in my mind, she was old. Um, and the interesting thing is, is she feels a lot younger today than she did at 50. What do you attribute that to? Your age or the work that you've been doing? <clears throat> I, um, I I think part of it is the work that I've been doing. I mean, uh, if anyone reads the books, they'll notice that I experiment on my mom and dad night and day. You know? Yeah, and your grandma, <laughs> too, and your rest of yeah, your family. Friend. Exactly. And, you know, I started a new experiment this morning with my father, and I'm like, okay, you have to do this. And, um, you know, nothing dangerous or nothing that's harmful or whatever, but they play along. Um, And I think that's helped greatly. But I also think that my mom has a uh, very unique, one of the things, attributes that I love the most about her is that she has a willingness to adopt change. And I think that shaves years off your life. So she's almost 80. She is on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat with my kids and her other grandkids. And I think when you are able to change and engage, um, it really does. It's a little bit like the fountain of youth. Yet so many people have difficulty dealing with change, especially as they age. Yeah, and I think it comes out of fear. You know, I think that... um, what we don't know becomes um, very scary, 
And when you don't understand it, then it it does you kind of tense up. So um, one of the uh, one of my buddies, and I think I mention him in the book, and I certainly mention him in the new book that's coming out, Boom, for Baby Boomers. It, he trains elite athletes in the world, and so by elite, I mean professional baseball players, uh, basketball, uh, soccer. Uh, he trains the. Um, uh, special forces, snipers, those types of things. And he talks about, and we actually have some products of his on our website, neuromapping, and that people get hurt when they tense up and their body doesn't know what to do and it's scared. So it's in that state of fear. And if you can just simply reconnect your neuromap every day before you start off your day when you get out of bed, um, and it's a little silly. It's almost like put your left hand in, put your left hand out, you know, shake it all about, if you ever remember that song. I, I do, do and do the hokey pokey. <laughs> okay, exactly, when I was roller skating and that. It's a little like that. It takes a very short amount of time, but basically his philosophy is is that, and it works very well, I mean, these, these professional athletes use it to get to the next level, that when you sleep or when you get hurt or age or whatever is happening, that your neuromap, um, all... Uh, the nerves in your body kind of disconnect sometimes. And if you can just reconnect them, shake it all about, before you start your day, you're probably not going to fall. You're probably not going to have as much pain. Um, You're going to be able to do things because when you're in fear, your body tenses up. And we know that when you're in a car wreck, if the person that's drinking usually doesn't get hurt, but the person that wasn't often loses their life because they tense up. So it's just a little concept, but I think my mom practices that in um, more ways than just her body. She practices that with her mom mind. With her mind and her mom, right? Because yes. her yes. mom is exactly. still alive, right? Living with you guys. Yes, she is. She um, Actually, two weeks ago, though, she fell, and so she broke her wrist and her hip. And Your right mom now, or grandma? My grandmother. And okay. so she had surgery, and she's in rehab, and my mom's over there every single day, of course, you know, making sure that everything's perfect. Um, and uh, we look forward to her coming home probably in another week or two weeks. And that's an adjustment as well, since you've spent a number of years now with a multi-generation household, having to buy a new house, redesign the house, which is, is what you do. Now... There's somebody in a rehab center, which completely changed the dynamic in the, in the house. Oh, how certainly. are you guys adjusting to that? Um, you know, everybody's flexible, but just for instance, before we started this interview, I let my mom know I'm down in kind of the old coal room in the basement. It's my library and pa- podcast room. And uh, <clears throat> I said, please, I'm going to be on a live radio show. You know, stay away for a couple of hours if you can up there, you know, go go have lunch or something like that. Sure. So all of a sudden, you know, one minute before we go on air, here goes the great gate. I hear her coming in because she had <laughs> forgot to feed the dogs. You know, so it's always, <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> it, it's so totally perfect. I could tell you stories about what has happened on the air on this show. The stuff that I've heard in the background, I, I swear at one point somebody was going to the bathroom. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You know, you never know. You never know. You know, they were probably running water somewhere because they were thirsty, and and you don't think that your mic's going to pick it up, but it's just really, really, really funny. So hang on a minute. We're going to be going out to our first commercial break, and then we'll be right back, everybody. We're here with Lisa Mcini, founder of um, Mosaic Design Studio and author of Hive, The Simple Guide to Multi-Generational Living. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
Lisa, we've been talking about, you know, aging in place a little bit and how you discovered your calling. And I, I love the the way you put it about how you just keep being presented more and more things that sort of push you along that way. But when you started the, that you do, it wasn't a thing yet. People no, weren't no. thinking about it the way they are now. So what was it like being uh, a trailblazer in this field? Hi. Um, well, that's a, that's a big big word. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think one of the things is that I have always, um, I love to learn and I love to research and hear what folks are doing. And um, I think that different industries have a tendency to get caught up in this is for healthcare and this is for hospitality and this is for um you know, the athlete, and this is for old people. And what I found and I've always thought is that there might be something in a different industry or a different place that's perfect for someone else. And unless we um, collaborate, cross-pollinize, and figure out what's the right thing uh, in the right place instead of putting labels on things, you really can't uh, trailblaze, as you say it. So I attend conferences with, uh, you know, in technology, and I look at all the technology and I say, okay, this is great. How can it be applied to what we're doing today? I might go to um, other countries and research how they're doing things. And in, quite often you find that, you know what, we're all living. We all have, you know, different issues. Our height of our butt is still our height of our butt, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, if you, if you look at the design of the chair, it really hasn't changed over thousands of years. You know, there's still a place for your rear end. There's still a, you know, need to have uh, arms to be able to help yourself get in and out. So the human dynamic hasn't changed that much, um, and the chair is just a tool. And so what other tools can we use and leverage? And I think having my mind open to those um, has helped me. When I was reading your book, one of the things that I found interesting was this whole idea of creating open flow in a mm-hmm. house that in a lot of houses, it's not exactly easy to create an open flow plan to create, to stop the the stops in a room. Right. I know mm-hmm. with my mom who came into my house six years ago when I was married and then got divorced. And it was just the the two of us and and my dog. Oh, by the way, the story about your grandmother in the book, feeding the dog cookies. Oh Lord. Yes. So relate. (laughs) Yeah. Both of them are rotten. That's all I have to say is they're both. I I love my grandma to death and she is a good Christian woman, but they're both liars, but the dog and her, you know, she'll just look you straight in the face and say that she didn't give it. And this had nothing to do with dementia. And my dog will lie and say that she hasn't eaten when she's eaten. So yeah. Yeah. Both of them are, are just, uh, lovable, but they, they know exactly what they're doing in certain situations. So here's, here's what I noticed. When And this wasn't my original question, but since I, I took us in this direction, when my mom would say, I didn't give him anything, even though you knew, you, you literally just saw it, and they'd get that look, right, not me, right. not me, like from mm-hmm. the comic strips. In their own mind, what I really got from the old mom to the mom as her brain changed was 
they really didn't think they did anything wrong. No. And being accused of something with the tone of voice or whatever that you said it, like, mom, please don't do that. They couldn't handle it. So they like reverted to little kid in their own way. You're 100% right. That's exactly what the situation is like. And a lot of people don't know how to cope with that. You had to redesign your physical, you bought a whole nother house, incorporated mm-hmm. <laughs> three generations, four generations in at the same time. How did you get everybody, well, let, let me change the, the question. That requires a lot of resiliency on your part to deal with overwhelm, stick to your guns, and deal with the pushback. Mm. What th- piece think, of advice could yeah. you give to help people with that? I think resiliency is a brilliant word. Um, and that is the word of how you're going to, you know, how you deal with things and how you adapt and change. Um, we had to focus on what was important as a family and then how we can or could make sure that individuals were also taken care of, but know that someone explained to me a long time ago that uh, a family is like a rubber band, and it can stretch in one direction towards one person if they have needs, but everybody else can't stretch out that same amount or it's going to snap. Oh, I like that. So we took the mindset that right now we're going to stretch in my grandmother's direction. And we're going to do that. So, uh, you know, for me being an interior designer, you probably read in there that, like, literally I look at my house every day and go, I hate my house. I mean, it is a nursing home meets frat house from a standpoint of an aesthetic. Um, But I'm stretching that rubber band. I know what the goal of the family is. And um, so for me, this is my minivan house. (laughs) I didn't want to, you know, buy a minivan, you know, but when the kids were younger and they had soccer teams and all kinds of stuff, it was excellent. It was actually the most functional vehicle. We had stow and go. It was awesome. Um, And one day, you know, I got to trade the minivan in for an Audi. Um, So right now, this is my minivan house, and it's serving the needs of the family. And that helps you to be resilient and know that at some time it'll morph or change. Do you ever have those moments where you're like, I can't stretch anymore, I I just want what I want? Uh, Sure, I think everybody does. I think, um, you know, uh, probably a little bit in the last two weeks, actually. Um, I, with my grandma falling, ended up, you know, at the hospital with my mom and my sister all day Saturday during the, um, you know, during the surgery, and then I spent a day or so at the um, at the nursing home, and I'm trying to finish a book. I'm running two businesses. I'm getting ready to go on a mission trip to India for two weeks, and um, I just thought, I can't do it right now. I can't be the one that goes up there and sits with her every day. My brother can do it. My sister can do it. My mom can do it. Um, but for right now, I can't stretch any further. And so you, you kind of weigh that, and you have to be big enough to deal with the guilt. That's a big one. That's a hard one. That's something I struggled with and still kind of struggle with. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the judgment, too. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, to the outside world, maybe I'm choosing my work over going and visiting my grandma right now. But what I know is I know she's well taken care of. I know that my mom's there. I know that my brother comes to see her. I know that my sister comes to see her and so forth. And so 
I know right now she's she's fine, and I need to get through this. I had to stretch for myself for a bit of time. Okay, I love that. It's a perfect way to go into our national news break. I'd like everybody to think about the question, where are you right now, and is it enough? And it probably is, but you're thinking you have to do more. We'll be back with more from Lisa Sini. Welcome back, everyone. If you're listening live on iHeartRadio, hope you enjoyed the national news. Ha ha, joking there, but maybe there was something good in it. If you are listening to us on a podcast, either on Spotify, iTunes, my website, laurastewart.com, or itsallaboutthequestions.com, or, you know, pretty much anywhere you can get to a podcast, you can hear this show. Welcome around the world. As you know, I always say good morning, afternoon, evening, because we have people all around the world, over 61 countries, listen to this show on podcast. Not exactly sure how many listen to it live around the world, but I know there are people here listening live locally and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm here with Lisa M. Sini, the founder, president, and CEO of Mosin Studio, whose focus is improved quality of life by design. She designs senior living projects. She wrote an amazing book, Hive, The Simple Guide to Multi-Generational Living, and I highly recommend everybody get it. It's available wherever books are sold. So Lisa, um, really, I, I love the first half of the show. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it was such a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. So if you missed everybody, listeners, the first half, because you were listening live, get in on podcasts. I want to talk about this whole idea of creating environments that no matter what age you are, helps you age in place. Mm. What I thought was interesting was you've worked with the U.S. Air Force, the U.S. Navy, the National Hockey League. I mean, I don't understand, and even wineries. I don't understand why they are thinking about senior design or are they not? And it's another part of the business that you do. Um, Well, on the military, they have um, their housing that they have on the bases around the world. One, their, um, especially the air force has a mission to improve quality of life with their servicemen. As they travel around, they realize that that's really hard. And at Mosaic, our, mission is to improve quality of life by design. And so that fits very well. Um, what we've learned from that is, one, they're constantly in a new environment and have to readapt, which is very, very similar to how we age, um, that sometimes we don't feel like we know the environment as well as we did. And then they also have a lot of retired servicemen and women that then stay on the bases and they can stay at a much reduced rate. And so doing those hotels, um, they are thinking about senior living and seniors um, and all of that. And then on the restaurant side, um, you know, folks love especially white tablecloth restaurants, um, wineries or, or Italian restaurants or whatnot that we've worked on. Their clientele are boomers and above, and they recognize that. Um, it is much more than millennials. So how they can make the environment um, friendly and um, uh, as as easy as possible. I don't know if you've ever been in a restaurant lately and you can't hear the conversation of the person oh, across from you. everywhere. Oh, and so it drives me crazy. I have a you know really uh, lovely restaurant that I love, but I will not go there because I cannot hear anybody. And it ends up just being irritating to me. Um, you know, or my husband, he can't see and won't get bifocals. So if the light's too dim, he can't read the menu. I always have to you know, bring out my iPhone when my mom and I went to dinner. And I would turn the flashlight app on and put it on the menu. But it got to the point where the menu was too overwhelming. So I would just pick something for her. 
Exactly. So, you know, that's, uh, so everybody is thinking about that. I, I think that, um, you know, all of retail, uh, not, maybe not so much corporate, but they realize there's, you know, 74.9 million boomers out there. There's 46.2 million seniors the age of 65 or over. And right now we just hit the tipping point where we have more people over 50 than we do under five. So um, that's a really big problem, and it's a world problem. It's not just a U.S. problem. And we also have a lot more people that are injured. Look mm-hmm. at talking about military, the retired military. It's not as easy for them to get around to different places. I can't stand restaurants. I, I live in Florida in Vero Beach, right? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. tends to be an, as my mother would put it, more mature population. <laughs> yeah, I think your rush hour for dinner is 5 p.m. Uh, that's that's a little late at times, but yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I looked at it because mom never liked the term older, and I swear she got younger as she got more mature and she always said a more mature population i'm going to be 55 in june and i looked at the way the restaurants are set up for the population here and the over 60 percent of the people have some sort of cane or walker or motorized something and you can't get around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i go well it, what do you do yeah that's part of it it's part of the fact that you know you have designers and architects that aren't really understanding who their client is. Um, they're looking at how this was 20 years ago or when, when they went to school. And we are a very different population mix. Um, you know, and, and as we continue to age, um, you know, things are going to change so much that I think in the next 10 years, 12 years, you're going to see the lifespan um, going out another uh, 15 to 20 years easy. So that'll be dynamic. It's going to really change things tremendously. And there's some places that do a really great job at it and others that you can tell they're just not thinking about it for mm-hmm. whatever reason or it's too expensive or they can't retrofit. So for somebody that is beginning to become aware that, say, there's a family member or their clientele is more mature what Mm -hmm, are some mm -hmm. things that they can begin thinking about in the short term to help them make it more accessible i think um you know it's interesting but i always look at the italians um and but they would call you chini lisa chini yeah they would call exactly and i you know my daughter goes to school over in rome now in college and um, oh i want to go visit her I know. It's really a tough life. She's got a, a horrible life, right? She studies archaeology, and she's like, you know, she's everything that every person dreams about, like, you know, um, uh, in some sort of movie or something with a hat on a dig or whatever. Um, but what, when I go visit, which I do often, um, what I notice there is that, you know, they don't have that Walmart mentality. They don't have the Sam's Club mentality. They, spaces are still intimate, um, restaurants typically, uh, even if it might seat a couple hundred people, you're in little tiny rooms, um, and it's broken apart so you can hear people. You can get your chairs in and out. You feel like you're in someone's dining room quite often, and that very much helps. Um, 
that the menu is not 50,000 choices like it is on Cheesecake Factories. You know, it, 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 when you limit choices, you increase independence. Oh, I like that. When you limit choices, you increase independence. So tell me how. So if, um, you know, especially with any dementia or Alzheimer's, um, but I'll give you an analogy. If you're on a highway and you've never driven to a location before and you're going to a new thing, and let's say you don't have GPS, let's just say it's not working for the moment, and you're in eight lanes and you have signs going everywhere and you're trying to figure out where you're going and you have so many choices, you get that fear in you, you get that lack of confidence, you don't have the ability to make independent decisions, and you kind of sometimes get paralyzed by that because you don't want to get off at the wrong spot. So if you're going down the highway, though, and you have, there's one exit sign, and right before that, and maybe, you know, several times before that, it said, hey, exit five takes you to here, and then you have one exit way, you're very independent in your thought. You have a lot of freedom. You don't have a lot of fear, and it's very easy for you. And so the same thing when you're in any kind of situation um, where you have to make quick choices or your memory starts to fade um, or you want to make wise choices, if they've been narrowed down, then it's easier for you to do it, and it allows you to have the freedom to voice. Very similar to your show. You know, you talk about it's not just about asking questions. It's about asking the right question. It, when I was reading your book, thank you for that, by the way. When I was reading your book, I thought that was really interesting when you talked about that limiting choices. Because when my mom had her open heart surgery and then she had to move in because of some brain changes, which I still swear were due to a particular drug they changed her to versus Coumadin. And it took me three months to convince the doctors that this drug was causing a problem and her brain was never right after that. But, you know, try to prove that. Anyway, what I mm -hmm. noticed was things that my mom used to be able to do easily. Laundry. My mom was so brilliant at laundry. It became very difficult for her to even sort the clothing out. Or in her closet to pick out, and mom loved clothes and shopping. That was her thing. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and it's still kind of hard for me to go shopping without my mom. So I pray and bring her in when I go shopping now. But limiting their choices for clothing. But then what do you do with all the other stuff when you're limiting choices? Because you need the choices, right? You do, but you, you do it everywhere. Um, you limit, um, you know, if I want my grandmother to be successful when she's eating a meal, I'm going to limit how many things are on her plate. Um, I'm not going to have two or three different types of drinks. I'm not going to ask her a bunch of questions. Um, that doesn't mean that I can't have uh, coffee, um, but she's going to have water uh, or that I might have orange juice or, or whatnot. Very similar to someone that's younger. I'm not going to allow my kids to have, when they were young, um, you know, to pick out anything that they wanted or it might take them two hours, you know, in the store versus saying, hey, you're allowed to get socks and I'm going to limit that. So for my grandmother, my mom would pick out her clothes every day and lay them on her bed. She still was independent to do those and um, she did a great job. Um, if she would have had the whole closet, it would have been too confusing and overwhelming. And so we were actually taking away her independence if we gave her more choices. Does that make sense? It does. And it's a major mind shift, I think, for people who have never been a caregiver. 
Mm-hmm. And it, as soon as I latched onto that, it made it easier. But there was still that part of me that wished I didn't have to make that choice for my mom. I never had kids, so it was a little, I think, mm-hmm. more difficult for me. But I loved my mom so much. Like you said, you want them to have a good life. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And we're going to go into our last commercial break. I can't believe the show is almost over. And we'll be right back. Um, so hang on, Lisa. We'll be right back with you. I was going to go in a different direction for my last segment until the uh, sponsor of the one of the sponsors of the radio show, Sunshine Audio Video, was on talking about technology and sort of turning your house into a smart home. And I'm right. just gonna, and I want to talk about that, but I want to say this because this is where I was going to go. I encourage everybody to get the book Hive, especially if you're dealing with anybody who's having memory problems, and just read chapter 19, Grandma's Song, because it it can completely change how you respond to your family member or loved one repeating themselves over and over again. I will just leave it at that. Read chapter 19, starts on page 113 in the book. I love thank that, you for that that, that <laughs> chorus thing. It was so revolutionary. There's so many things in the book that are really great. So I encourage everybody to get Hive, the simple guide to multi generational living. I want to go to this whole concept of which I guess is your new book, which I haven't read yet. Boom, the Baby Boomers Guide to Leveraging Technology so you can preserve your independent lifestyle and thrive. You also mm-hmm. have a new website, bestlivingtech.com. And so many resources on your website, mosaicdesignstudio.com. We tend to think that as people get older, they don't embrace technology. You talked about your mom using Snapchat and Facebook and all these other things. Are there certain technologies that we need to be thinking about introducing people to now? Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I think it's going to be critical to how we successfully age. Um, you know, we our firm does. Uh, designed for some of the top uh, senior living homes, you know, in the world. And these places are fantastic, but quite often they don't have the technology that you have available right in your own hands from a consumer basis. So, you know, there's there's things that can tell you, uh, like Cardia, for instance, that we have, that uh, it's a FDA-approved EKG that you just put your little fingers on it. It's the size of a credit card, and it'll predict whether you're going to have a heart attack or stroke five days before you have it. I mean, you know, little things like that um, I think can it, they can change everybody's life. Um, right now I'm trialing out on my father. Um, I had mentioned I experiment on him and, and the rest of the family. So he um, just got sugar, and... He has macular degeneration, and so driving is becoming an issue. Are, are about you, okay. that, you blipped. You said yeah. driving is yep. becoming Sorry an issue, that. and then we lost you. Yeah, driving is becoming an issue, and so we um, have. I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you how do you deal with that? So, at one of the tech talk conferences I was at, um, it's all about longevity and biohacking, and um, this young fit guy had this like patch on his arm and I said oh are you quitting smoking and he's like no it's a sugar monitor and I said do you have sugar or diabetes he said nope he goes I just want to be able to have data to know how it affects my body and how I should live better and I thought well that's pretty unique 
So I got one for my dad. You put this little patch on it. It has a little tiny needle in it. You don't even feel it. lasts for 14 days, and then you get constant readouts when you put this um, kind of like a cell phone up to it. And my dad has actually changed his diet based on seeing what affects his sugar because it's not about something prescriptive. It's not about just taking things away. It's that, hey, bread doesn't affect him, but that um, Arnold Palmer tea does, you know? (laughs) Which in your book you said he loves. (laughs) Yes, he totally loves. Uh, And he's actually stopped because um, he saw how it affected his sugar. So having the right technology can give you the right intelligence to make the right decisions to change your life for the better. And it doesn't always have to be something that's electronic. I mean, it could be uh, a mind mind area. It could be um, just, you know, having a, I saw this great technology in Germany in a grocery store. Uh, it was actually in the pharmacy. They had mounted a magnifying glass onto the shopping cart. Oh, I love well, it. Brilliant. Yeah. So you could actually read the stupid bottle. I mean, even with glasses, you can't read those things. So, um Little things like that. We have a bidet toilet seat in on every one of the toilets in the house. That's technology that helps you to be, you know, more independent. Now, and you I sell it on your it. you sell it on your website, right? BestLivingTech.com. Yes, yeah. yeah, I saw it. The it was cool. Why, <laughs> The reason why we did the website was that we started getting so many calls about where do I get that, what, you know, how, what's the best one, and and I thought, I do not have time to answer all these questions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I got kids, I got grandma, I got my mom and dad, I'm running businesses, that kind of thing. So um, we put it up there so everybody had that available to them. And um, then we're trialing out new things all the time. I mean, I just found this awesome technology that was made for jet lag and high-level athletes over in Finland. And uh, my grandma was having a lot of trouble sleeping. So with dementia, folks do that, especially in wintertime. A lot of people get depressed. This little thing looks like a little um, iPod. You put it in your ears, and it actually, for 12 minutes, gives you blue light therapy that goes to your pituitary gland and kicks off your circadian cycle. Since we started doing that, she has slept through every night. Oh, please send me that because sleep is such a major issue and got worse when mom was with me because I was so hyper vigilant that mm-hmm. I swear my brain has changed and I can't right. drop off. Yes. So I've been using it and I've not really had any issue, but I used to be like a three alarm kind of person. Like I would set it and then, you know, I definitely have three alarms. Now I get up right off the bat and, uh, which is kind of like, you know, I miss my going back to sleep. <laughs> I'm having to really rechange my whole like morning. I'm like, oh, what do I do now? I have like an extra hour, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's definitely and it's made me more spry in the morning. And uh, I wake up uh, just right off the bat, and then obviously I'm going to use it when I go to India and reset my you know circadian rhythm right when I land. And it's not so, a drug. Um, it's not a drug, and I think that's that's part of this is that. Technology doesn't have to be a drug. It doesn't have to be electronic. It's anything that helps you make your life better. That's a tool. All right. And we're coming to the end of the show. And I want to make sure, because a couple of people have have sent me little notes saying, how do we reach out? I know I've mentioned some of your websites, but how Mm -hmm. do people find you if they have questions, um, get more information on the work that you do? Perfect. Well, um, please go to Lisa. M. 
L-I-F-A-M-C-I-N-I.com and sign up for the newsletter and you can email me. And then on the products, um, you can always go to Best Living Tech for your listeners today or, you know, as long as the show's airing. If they type in question 10 as a coupon code, they'll get an extra 10% off everything. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh, well, thank you. To my listeners... The reason I I really wanted Lisa on this show, and originally I had booked her way before mom passed, was because we need to be thinking about these things now. We're getting older. The world is changing. Things happen. So if you begin thinking about it now, you can have things in place when you need them. And, you know, a lot of this technology can be used by you now to improve your qualities of life. Like, I really want to know about this sleep thing. So, Lisa, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Oh, thank you. It was a, it was a blessing. Yeah, it, it truly was a blessing and so much fun to get to know you on the air. And I will we'll be talking, I think, beyond here, and I may have to have you back on the show again. Oh, I would love that. And then my mom would love it so she can tell all her friends at lunch, so it will be great. Excellent. So, everybody, remember, <laughs> the right questions truly can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. Read a good book. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 